Okay, you bastards, let's crank this up to 11. October weed, babies. Batten the hatches, up mainsail, bellman to larboard, engage maximum spoop. Set sail for Station Blue, right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and I'm writing this intro in a bar in D.C., my new home. What a perfect place to usher in the scariest time of the year, as we witness the slow, keening death of American democracy. Hey, vote in the midterms. Drag your friends to the polls. But back to fictional frights. As you know, it's the month of Halloween, jack-o'-lantern emoji, ghost emoji, scream emoji, and we've been slowly ratcheting up the horror for me this month taking us from the gentle, slow-burn horror of palimpsest to the wackier, goofy teen spooky hijinks of Lake Clarity to, at last, something fucking chilling. Station Blue, baby. I first heard about this show at PodCon last year when I met its creator, Chad Ellis, who is extremely kind and sweet and good and not at all terrifying, although I will say he recently had this thing in his apartment's bathroom wall. It was full of bees, like there was a hive in the walls, and the bee people, like the green exterminators that didn't exterminate, they just took the bees out of the wall. They called them to rescue the bees, and they told him to put his hand on the wall where the bees were. It was warm. The bee people said, like a stomach. That is a true story. You can see it on Twitter, September 6, 2018. That handle is at Station Blue Pod. Anyway, Chad's show is about Matthew Leeds, a young man, driftless, searching. He takes a job with a mysterious company that sends him to an empty research station in the Antarctic. But what could be more terrifying than six weeks alone in a research station with broken fuses and flickering lights? Six weeks with nothing but yourself for company. Six weeks in the creeping sensation that you're not alone after all, are you, Matthew? We are none of us truly alone, so long as we have ourselves to talk to. If you need to do so, feel free to pause the episode here and check my episode notes for content warnings and see if you're in a good place to continue. Okay, let's crack on. What I like about this show, well, I, I like many things about this show, but what I appreciate is the voiceover narration from Matthew that breaks in, because it shows us that whatever happens, he'll be alive at least long enough to have edited this show. But that's not necessarily a mercy. I I've said enough, I bet. Let's get to the show. Here are episodes one and two of Station Blue. McMurdo, followed by Thirsty. Gil, come in. Over. Gil, come in. Over. Gil, come in. What's the holdup? We're going to be stuck here if you take much longer. The weather is turning. Are you serious? I'm going in. Over. 
station. Gil? Gil? Gil, I'm inside. Where are you? I'm coming up. You better be ready to go. I will fly out of here, storm or no. I am not sleeping in this place. Episode 1, McMurdo. Turn the light on. It's on here. Just ha hand it to me. Don't press the... Sorry. You turned it off. It was an accident. We need you to make regular recordings for the job. Make sure the light stays on. That's Pratcher. Bureaucracy incarnate. He's my contact at the flower company. I hate that he's the last person I ever saw at McMurdo. You've got the rest of the day to practice with it. We need you to be fully proficient before you get to the station. You want me to record other people? Don't interrupt me. There won't be anyone to help you when you get to Blue Station. If you have any questions, you'll need to ask me here. When is the plane taking off? Look, you interrupted me again. Sorry. Be ready. Don't leave McMurdo. We'll collect you when it's time. Roommates. Shoot. I flew 9,000 miles to find solitude. Whoa, what happened in here? What the hell, dude? This place is a mess. I was just cleaning up. It's not that I hate people. I just haven't had a lot of positive experiences with them. Bad enough that they shoved an extra bed in here. Why do we get stuck with the newbie? Next time, just keep it to your bed. Hey man, are you in here? Glasses? Oh, leads. You're not supposed to talk in here, it's a quiet area. Let's go. That's the library, right? It's bigger than I thought it would be. It'll never be big enough for me. I guess you spent a lot of time in there over the winter. You have no idea. That's glasses. He managed to pass a psych evaluation that won him six months of Antarctica's winter. He's heading home in a few weeks. Don't you slackers have a job? And that's Beanie. I met her in Christchurch before flying over. I've done my time. Go out and get some sun. You look like Dracula. I'm up for a walk. Of course you are. I've already put in a nine-hour workday, and you're out here casually wandering the halls. What is that? This? 
It's a voice recorder. Weird. I've had a hard time connecting with others as I've gotten older. But the three of us? We clicked. We're going drinking tonight. Wanna come? Drinking? There's a bar here? Two. Two? Two bars. And the cafe serves wine. Gotta keep everyone sane somehow. Dear Diary, I can't find my passport. I've gone through my packs three times. I don't know where it is. Leave it to me to lose my passport three days in. I give up. I don't want to be here when my roommates show up. I'll let them sort through this. I'm going to the bar. You're still crazy. You should have come back to New Zealand with me. We went backpacking, it was rad. Three years and you've never wintered here. Hell no, you couldn't pay me enough. Six months of sunlight is bad enough. Six months of darkness. I liked it. It was peaceful. You just didn't want to talk to the psychologist. I still can't believe they have a psych test. What's not to believe? They don't want to leave a bunch of crazies in here for half a year. One year, a guy lost it and started attacking people with a hammer. That's ridiculous. It's true. Ask anyone. So fly them out. There are no flights during the winter. No flights? You try landing here during condition one weather. Once that last plane takes off, that's it. You're stuck. No boats, no cavalry. Just you and the other hundred lunatics who volunteered to stay. What if there's an emergency? It doesn't matter. Years ago, the doctor here got cancer during the winter. She had to treat herself. That's rough. If you can't get a plane for cancer, you can't get a plane for anything. Well, now they keep two doctors on staff. I don't care if they have 50 doctors. I'll be long gone before the sun goes down. So how did you spend your free time? Alcohol. Cheers to that. He left his bags out again. This sucks. We have seniority. They should have stuck him in the bunks. Whatever. Let's get going. We're going to be late. I'm not a thief. Sure, I've stolen food on the road, but I don't usually steal from people. I just needed to know if they had my passport. Still haven't found it? Nope. Eh, I wouldn't stress out too much. You won't need it until the end of the summer. We can always mail it to you at Admins and Scott if it turns up. I didn't know you were going to South Pole Station. Yep, just waiting on the weather. A lie. He's doing a documentary. Yeah, that's why I've been recording everything. Another lie. Look, I'm not proud. What would you tell them? That you're off to do a job that you don't understand for a company that you can't even pronounce? I was going to be gone any day. This was easier. Well, shoot, I have some friends heading down there. You should meet them. Cool. You'll have to point them out to me. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That South Pole flight is supposed to leave tomorrow. We need to take you to the cross. Yeah, I've been meaning to go up there. And I haven't gotten a good look at Erebus yet. Go get your stuff, Leeds. Where are we going? We're going to Ob Hill. Above the hundred-something mismatched buildings that make up McMurdo stands Observation Hill. It's widely regarded as the best view you can get in a pair of bunny boots. Jeez, how long is this hike? Quit being such a baby. You spent the last season backpacking. The thing you need to know about Antarctica is that it's not some snowy wonderland. It's the world's largest desert. And Ob Hill was all volcanic ash, ice chunks, and boulders. I'm surprised no one broke their ankle. Close your eyes.
I'll break my neck. You're the most dramatic person I've ever met in my life. Close your eyes, take my hand. Glasses, make sure he doesn't fall backwards. Yes, boss. And you say he's the crazy one. Shut up. It's worth it. I've never been good with surprises, especially if they're meant for me. My ex once led me on a six-hour blind scavenger hunt for my birthday. I was nothing but nerves the whole time. Oh, watch it, Bleeds. Just a little bit further. But sometimes being pushed out of your comfort zone can bring you incredible things. All right. Look up. I'll never forget that view. I... I don't have words. Told you it'd be worth it. It wasn't the old wooden cross that caught my attention. It wasn't the barge docking against the ice or the bustle of the station below. That mountain. Mount Erebus. If I could go anywhere, and I mean anywhere, I'd go in Mount Erebus. In? It's an active volcano. See the steam coming from the top? It's one of six volcanoes in the world that has an open lava lake. You'd have to go to Africa to see anything like it. Africa? A flower company does work in Africa. The flower company? I've been trying to convince them to let me on the team that flies out there since I first came here. They're not having it. It's so big. It takes up half the sky. In Greek mythology, Erebus was a child of chaos and the god of darkness, one of the oldest beings in their pantheon. It also served as a kind of gate between death and the underworld, depending on which interpretation you follow. I can see why they named it that. Yeah? Well, we're in Antarctica. Humans aren't supposed to live here. Then you have this giant standalone mountain on an uninhabitable continent that has a literal entrance to the core of the Earth. Kinda creepy, huh? I love it up here. Makes your problems seem small. As if you have problems. Everyone has problems. How about you, Leeds? Got any problems? Everyone has problems. Cop out. People. Your problems are people? More or less. Well, you've come to the right place for that. I don't know. There are a lot more people than I was expecting. But the type of people, that's what counts. We're all outcasts here. We picked 60-hour work weeks in this wasteland over jacuzzis and restaurants. We all came here to get away from that. Huh. And who knows, you could be dying for those mega malls and fast food joints by the end of the season. Oh, I'm sure. Bring on the sitcoms and cubicles. The true American dream. Is that a seal? That's not good. Oh, sad. It's struggling. It got lost. It's crawling south. It should be making its way to the ocean. Lost? I can see the ocean from here. That doesn't mean it can. It's scared. It's trying to make it to safety. Oh, well, let's help it. Hotel California is close. We can grab a blanket from my dorm. Leeds, we can't. What do you mean? The treaty. You can't interfere with the wildlife. Who cares about a treaty? You don't break the treaty. Everyone on Antarctica is either here to observe or support the observers. Where were you when we had to watch all of those videos in New Zealand? I was a little distracted, but really? I thought that meant, like, don't hug the penguins. Look at it. It's going to die. Not quickly, but yes, most likely. I'm going. Leeds, no! You'll get kicked off the continent! You could get arrested! I can't just watch this thing crawl to its death! You have to. This is the only place in the world that all nations have agreed to leave alone. We can't mess with that. Come on, Leeds, let's get out of here! 
Leeds! What the hell? Oh, no. Leeds, where have you been? I went on a hike. You weren't supposed to leave the station. I've been looking for you. I know. What's going on? Who is this guy? Get your bags. I'll meet you at 155. Your plane leaves in an hour. The South Pole plane doesn't leave for another day. I have to go. You aren't going to Amundsen Scott, are you? It's been great meeting you. I'm sorry. That's it? Why did I get on that plane? Why did I come here? I should have stayed with Beanie and Glasses. I should have dragged that seal back into the ocean. A jail cell would have kept me from this. So many things would have kept me from this. But that's all in hindsight. Take this map. The generator is marked in red. You'll need to get the power on first thing. Do you have any health issues I should be aware of? Just headaches. You'll be fine. Those might get worse for a week or two. The elevation is higher than you're used to. Just stay hydrated. Strap down, we're landing soon. That's your building. Front door doesn't lock, you can go right in. There's a garage down the way, but you won't need it. We need to get out of here before the weather turns. Go in, get the electricity on, follow the instructions. The scientists will be here in six weeks. Got it? Yeah. We'll pick you up at the end of the summer. Station Blue, Episode 2, Thirsty. Oh, it's chilly. First day in the station. At least I think it's the first day. I don't know how long I've been out for. I just fell asleep in the first room I found. I have no idea what time it is. I don't have a watch, and I left my phone with Pratcher. My last water bottle is empty. I have one more sack lunch for McMurdo, but then I'm out of food. Feeling really sluggish. Pratcher said we're pretty high up elevation-wise, so it's probably just that. My head's throbbing a bit, but that's manageable. I don't know how people keep a regular sleep schedule down here. The sun is always up, so you need light-blocking curtains, but then your room is pitch black, so you don't know when to get up. Faded in and out must have been a 
half dozen times. Better get to it. My flashlight kind of sucks, and I can't do much in here until I get the electricity on. Let's go explore. Idiot. Do you ever find yourself yelling at characters in movies? She's the killer. Don't go in the basement. It's right behind you. That'll give you a taste of what it's like listening back to these. Not that there's anything I can do about it now. I can see my breath. Not that that's surprising. And it's so dark I might as well be underground. All the first floor windows are in the dorm, so there's no natural light in the hallway. Should be better once I get the electricity up. I've poked my head through most of the rooms. We've got a long hallway, four rooms on each side, with a communal bathroom at the end. The map suggests there's another set of dorms on the other side of the floor, and the big room should be up ahead. With any luck, I won't have to bunk with anybody when the scientists show up. Hello? Locked up. No luxury suites for me. It's even darker in here. Fire axe on the wall. Reminds me of Beanie's hammer story. This should be it. Aha! This is worse. Half the lights are out. Another quarter of them need to be replaced. Still gonna need this crummy flashlight. So here's the game plan. I'm out of water, so the kitchens are the first step. Then I have to make my way to the third floor where the camera room is. Apparently surveillance is a big part of my job here. What that entails is beyond me, but if they're cool with me hanging out and watching a bunch of security cameras while I scribble in my journal, I won't be complaining. Almost all the lights are out in this section. So according to the map, let's see. These double doors should be the mess hall. Where's the light switch? Huh. Bigger than I thought it'd be. They left a table and a chair out, but there are a bunch of them folded up against the wall. Chalkboard. They probably do their meetings in here. I can't make out what was last written. Brightwall has steel shutters over a countertop. The kitchens ought to be on the other side of that. Whoa, it's big. Cafeteria style. How the hell am I gonna cook here? These pans are huge. What am I gonna do, cook a dozen eggs for myself? Do they even have eggs? I don't know how food shipments work here. Probably should have asked Pratcher or Glasses. Winter Crew and McMurdo made a pretty big deal about the fresh vegetables we brought. You know, this kitchen looks a lot like the ones in the churches my old man used to drag me to. What a hypocrite. My father. 
wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. My father and I don't really get along. We never have. He's a cold man. He gives off that military vibe despite being a high school teacher. He always wanted to be a college professor, but it didn't quite work out. He wanted me to go into academia to live his dream. That wasn't for me. I was a C student on a good day. I wanted to drop out of high school to work construction. It was better money than any of the other kids were making, and I thought I could work my way up. My ex stopped me from leaving early. But things were rough at home. And the guy I was working for? Well, let's just say he didn't lose any sleep over taking advantage of someone like me. After graduation, I left a note at home and took off. Didn't even bother giving my old job notice now that I think about it. It took a few years before I came back to my hometown. After that, I tried to visit a few times a year, but they'd never last long. My last trip didn't go well. We didn't fight, we just ignored each other. The tension, it was almost worse. After two days of that, he mentioned a job fair over his morning paper. Said I needed to go, said it was time for me to find something stable. I took the hint. I was just as desperate to get out as he was to have me out. And that was when I met the flower company. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. The water isn't working. I'm going to pray to a non-existent god that I just missed a switch somewhere, because I know next to nothing about plumbing. I have to check the bathroom sink before I jump to conclusions. I hated these mirrors when it was just a flashlight. It's way worse with the flickering lights. <laughs> Nothing. There's gotta be a room with pipes, right? Something with a big on and off wheel. Nothing makes you thirstier than knowing that you can't get water. Elevator works. No way in hell I'm taking it. Everything looks on here. Nothing for water. This map is next to useless. Gotta start trying doors. It's gotta be around here somewhere. Let's try this. Uh, there's a door up ahead. There's, there's something wrong. Something feels wrong. This might be it though. This door isn't on the map. Why isn't this door on the map? Yep, I'm out. I'm out. This has to be a surveillance map, right? Only the stuff I have to see, right? The door is some need-to-know thing. I'm psyching myself out. Things will be fine upstairs. I wish Beanie and Glasses were here. I showed up in my old suit, still too big, with a handful of resumes I kept in my car. It took me all of four seconds to realize I didn't belong there. Lots of people with corporate smiles hiring for office jobs, lots of people trying to redefine business casual, trying to hire programmers and designers. 
I saw my old construction boss. I didn't talk to him. Nice old lady offered me grocery store cookies and asked if I had applied anywhere good. I told her the jobs weren't really for me. I had a pretty good thing going, working the salmon joints in Alaska during the fall, ski resorts in the winter, and farms the rest of the year. That's when she pointed me out to the table in the corner, said if I liked travel, that was the place to apply. There they were, a man and a woman, sitting there, looking even more out of place than I did. They didn't have a tablecloth, they didn't even have a sign. I can hardly remember what they looked like. I picked up one of the blue binders on their table. Contracting work in Africa, the Pacific, and Antarctica. The locations? I would have sold my soul to work them. They were looking for scientists, engineers, geologists. I immediately regretted not finishing college. But I wanted in. I asked them if there was anything they had available. I was versatile, a good handyman. I didn't have a piece of paper that proved how much money I spent on a degree, but I did know how to work. The woman took my resume. After a long minute, she looked at me and told me I'd need a passport. She motioned to the man who got off his phone and handed me an old laptop with an application. After I finished filling out all the forms, I noticed an icon in the corner labeled PR.S. Before I got the chance to click it, the man snatched the computer away, smiling and assuring me that they would email me as soon as something opened up. I stopped by the refreshment table to get coffee for the road. When I looked back, I noticed the man and woman packing up the flower company table. It would be another year before I heard from them again. Second floor is off limits, to me at least. I don't have the keys to open it, so we're going to skip straight to the third. You know, that door probably goes to the boiler room or something I'm not supposed to mess with. I bet it's on the maintenance map. It's getting warm. Light! <laughs> Never thought I'd be so happy to see windows. Can't see much out of them with the storm, but it beats the hell out of the flickering catacombs below. There's a balcony out there. It's pretty frosted over right now, but if I find some chairs, that'll be a good writing spot when the weather clears. I'd peek out now, but I left my bunny boots by the entrance. It's not so bad up here. A lot of windows, a lot of open space, neat artifacts. Almost looks like one of those educational museums you get in national parks. Old photos. Is that McMurdo Station? Has to be. A lot less buildings back then. Drinking fountain. Do I dare? Worth a shot. Fratcher told me all the binders I'd need for running the station will be in the camera room. Map says it's pretty close. That job fair? That was almost a year ago. I was in Jackson Hole when they called me. I had just gotten in from Alaska and was planning on spending the month in Wyoming. The original person they hired? They dropped out. I had less than a week to get to LAX. They had a private research station that I would be preparing for their scientists. I accepted, obviously, before I even knew where they were sending me. It wasn't until the end of the conversation when I mentioned it. 
flying out of Los Angeles meant I obviously wasn't going to Africa. Christchurch, they said. Christchurch, New Zealand. And from there, Antarctica. I started packing immediately. I had gear to buy, I had things to sell, someone to visit. I was on the road the next morning. I was going to Antarctica, the most remote continent on the planet. I knew nothing about Antarctica other than it had penguins and snow. Not that living here has taught me that much more. I know that it's dry, dry enough to chap your lips and crack your skin. I know that the only respite you can get from the never-setting sun comes from the intense ice storms or the confines of these man-made stations. Mostly I know that humans were never meant to live here. That my presence here is as unnatural as a man walking on the moon. But if I could send a message into the past? If I could teach young me what now me knows, would I have stopped? Turned around? Stuck to the States? No. Nothing would have stopped me. Past me would say to relax, that we've been afraid before, that fear was a sign we were on the right path. Past me saw this as the ultimate opportunity to find himself. Well, guess what, past me? I found myself. I found myself in that room you're about to enter. I found myself in Station Blue. The air is so stale. Let's prop this open. I guess this is my new nest. Could use a window. I didn't realize there were so many cameras. There's a whole wall of screens here. Where was I? Binders. They look just like the ones at the job fair. That's the one. Water and power. Come on, give me some answers. Oh, this doesn't look too complicated. I just missed the room. First thing I'm doing is drinking a whole pitcher of water. Ugh, second thing I'm doing is replacing all the bulbs in the bathroom and taking a shower. It's been a few days. Between the hike, the flight over here, and however long I was asleep, I'm overdue. Computer's up. Not too techy, but this looks easy enough. One program. Click to control the cameras. Alright, screen B1 on. There's the kitchen. Must want to spy on what they're putting in the soup. If there were people here, they would have laughed at that. B2, hall. B3, hall. It's dark, but it says that's the gym. Should be on the first floor. Hard to make it out, but it looks like it's crammed with machines. Bathroom hallway. If they're filming in the bathroom, I'm quitting. Freight elevator. Still open. That's weird. Looks like the second floor cameras are all password protected. That's fine. It'll be good to have somewhere new to explore when the brains show up. C2, no lights. This place needs a bar. I could be a bartender. 
bartender on the bottom of the world. See, no! Whoa, oh, gosh. It's oh, not funny. Some jerk left a cardboard cutout in front of the camera. What the map says is the rec room. Is that Elvis? That's Elvis. Oh, man, that was a good one. Can't believe that got me. Check these rooms out tomorrow. It could use a fresh coat of paint. I'm not going to be able to sleep properly until I get all the lights going, but all around the station looks pretty well put together. I think that's all of them. Hmm, no, wait. There's supposed to be one more. The back hallway isn't on here. I'm checking the programs. Everything is activated. One of the cameras isn't represented here. It's old, has one of those giant 90s monitors. So blue. This has to be Windows 97, taking me back to my old Oregon Trail days. VR.S. That rings a bell. Only one other icon on here. Wait. Is that. You know what's coming, right? This is a sick joke. You're smart. You know where that camera's pointing at. Why? Why dedicate a whole computer to this? It's the door. There's just enough light to make it out. It's the last camera and it's looking down exactly at that door. This episode of Station Blue was written and directed by Chad Ellis and produced by Gretchen Schreiber. The cover art was created by Kessie Rilinicki. Our intro and exit music, Frigid Wind, was composed by Sage GC. Pratcher was voiced by Jay Speck. Matthew Leeds was voiced by Chad Ellis. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at StationBluePod and email us at StationBluePodcast at gmail.com. Transcripts will be available when our website goes up, but in the meantime, you can request them by emailing StationBluePodcast at gmail.com. Want to help others find Station Blue? Leave a five-star review on iTunes and share it with a friend or a stranger. Episode three of Station Blue will release in two weeks. While you wait, we recommend listening to Lake Clarity, a horror audio drama podcast. Five teens head up to Camp Clarity to celebrate their last summer together, but little do they know they're about to stumble on dark secrets that surround the lake. If you enjoy classic 80s slasher movies, you'll love season one and two of Lake Clarity. That's all for tonight. My name is Kristen McLaughlin, aka Auburn Mystique, and until next time, I will haunt you.
So as part of my exposure therapy, I have been celebrating the month of Halloween by reading Stephen King's Dark Tower series, interleaving it with Naomi Novik's Temeraire series, in which a British naval captain inadvertently becomes the chief handler for a dragon during the Napoleonic Wars, but being an aviator is not the occupation of a gentleman. How will his reputation suffer as a result of his devotion to duty? It's very good. Precisely my jam. But we're here to talk about horror, not dragons. Horror, not dragons. It's fine. The second book in the Dark Tower series, The Drawing of the Three, plays very fast and loose with mental health in this very 1980s kind of way. In like a, oh, this dramatic action will quote-unquote heal someone's schizophrenia, whereas Station Blue understands, because it's made with love and empathy that undergirds the horror, making it, in my opinion, even scarier. It understands that mental illness is something that you live with and manage, but that a cure isn't really like an option. Ellie Fernandez Collins wrote an excellent article over at her website, elenafernandezcollins.com, which posed a few great questions about how to discuss mental illness in horror, how to move past this idea that it's a sliding scale game mechanic or an exoticized superpower. You can read about why she likes Station Blue's depiction of bipolar disorder and why it is part of a class of audio dramas that take a keener look at mental illness than most other popular fiction does. I hope that you find horror cathartic, as I am starting to. It's a tough process, rewiring your brain like this. But while I'm not going to be trundling off to the cineplex to watch a marathon of Saw movies, I, I will try to spoop myself out a little more often. Which is just as well, because 11th Hour is coming. And soon. What's 11th Hour, you ask? Oh, you'll see. Oh, you'll see soon indeed. Pop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival for early access and behind-the-scenes extras. You can follow us on social media at Radiodrama, and open your ears for our credits, honey pie. Let's do this thing. Our theme music is Danger Did You Do by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Matthew Boudreaux. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our researchers are Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreau. Our social media manager is James Oliva. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhouch. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. Station Blue, baby. That was a very wet way to say it. Matt, I'm so sorry. That was super gross.